Welcome to Audit Bites, the show where we give you bite-sized chunks of information and education to help you excel in your audit career. Join our host, Robert Berry, as we tackle another tough auditing topic this week. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, my friends. Welcome to episode number nine, number nine of Audit Bites. Today's topic, when they deny auditors access. Audit Bites is the first live show where we talk about auditing. We are available on all your major podcasting platforms. Yes, Apple, Google, Spotify. Look us up. Pass us along to all of your friends, and you can also get CPE just for watching me. Go to auditbytes.com if you want to know more. Now, lately, I've been doing a lot of training for IA chapters and private clients. So if you're looking for a kick butt audit trainer, message me. You can find me at thatauditguy.com. All right, my friends, you see today's topic. It's a big one. What happens? when they deny auditors access. You guys are ready for it? Let's dig into it. But before we do, listen, my friends, as auditors, our entire job is about asking questions. I mean, truly, think about it. That's really what we do. We ask questions, we get some answers, and we, well, we provide people with the results of the questions that we've asked. Most of us, we're pretty bad at asking questions. That's why I wrote a book about it. The first book about asking questions while auditing. It's called Ask Better Questions, Get Better Answers, Perform Better Audits. You want to grab your copy, maybe even read the first chapter or two, go to askgetperform.com. That is right, askgetperform.com. All right, so let's get into today's topic. This is a story out of Canada. And if you guys are looking at the headline there on the screen, it says Auditor General seeking court hearing on access to information at Letarian University that they deemed privileged. So this sounds pretty good if we're talking about denying auditors access. As I just said, a part of our job is asking really good questions to evaluate processes and controls within an organization. But in order to evaluate those processes, it's contingent upon having good information. With that said, auditors should have free reign, free access, unrestricted access to an organization's people and information. I think most of you will agree with me on that. If you agree with me, let me know if you agree with me on that in the chat. But that's not what's happening here. Let's talk about the Office of the Auditor General in Ontario, Canada. According to their website, the Office of the Auditor General is a nonpartisan, meaning it's not tied to any political party, office in the Legislative Assembly. They serve the members of Parliament and the people of Ontario. The Auditor General plays an important role in holding public sector organizations accountable for a few things. Number one, financial responsibility. Number two, well-managed programs. And three, transparency and public reporting. So in other words, the public 
is giving money by way of taxes to these organizations. These organizations need to be good stewards of the money that they're receiving. Now, in order to achieve their goals, the Office of the Auditor General conducts the following types of audits. One, financial statement audits. Two, what they call value for money audits, which makes sense, right? You want to make sure that you're getting the value for the money that's being spent on these organizations. Three, compliance audits. And four, what they call reviews of provincial ministries and agencies. So that makes sense. Now, Beverly Jane is here and Beverly Jane agrees with me. Yes, yes, yes. Auditors should have free access to all information at the organization. But if that's the case, why do we have such a hard time getting that information from organizations, right? So the Auditor General in Canada, they also audit what's called crown corporations and organizations that receive, well, funding from the government. These organizations inc include hospitals, long-term care homes, universities, colleges, and school boards. So the office is guided by the Auditor General Act. So there's actually an act in Canada that says, here's what auditors are charged with doing. Now, this includes assignments under the Auditor General Act and the Fiscal Transparency and Accountability Act and the Environmental Bill of Rights and the Government Advertising Act. So all of these acts give the Auditor General in Canada, Ontario, the authority to carry out their duties and responsibilities. Now, their website also goes on to say that their work holds organizations that they audit accountable for operations, helping to ensure that Ontarians receive the most benefit possible from Ontario's public programs and services. So that all makes sense, right? Who you're seeing here on your screen is Bonnie Lissick. She is the Auditor General in Ontario. She is currently taking Lotarian University to court in a dispute over how the university defines free and unfettered access to the university's accounts. Now, I don't know about you guys, but to me, there's kind of no confusion there. Free and unfettered means free and unfettered, right? That may sound a little snarky, but I'd like for somebody else to point out a different definition of free and unfettered to me. So here's what ended up happening. There's a standing committee on public accounts. They passed a motion on April 28th to ask the Auditor General to conduct a value for money audit of Lotarian University's operations from the period of 2010 to 2020. You're probably wondering why. There is a good reason. A member of parliament introduced the motion saying that someone needed to find out what happened to put the university into a financial crisis. So now let's just break this down. Right now, there's a financial crisis at a university. The university has received funding from the government. Now the government wants answers and the university is refusing to provide some of the information necessary for the auditor general to carry out the audit. I don't know about you guys, but that sounds a little bit strange to me. Here's what I'm wondering, though, for any auditors that are listening and watching right now. Let me know if you've ever experienced this before. Have you ever had a client block you from getting the information that you needed to do your job? Just curious. If you're watching this on the replay or listening to it on the podcast, you can email me and tell me your story. I'm always interested in hearing about the experiences of my fellow auditors. All right. So now 
that's some of the baseline. So we didn't talk about exactly what kind of financial trouble the university is in. Here's an article from the CBC. And as you can see, the headline, well, the headline on the story re reads, despite our best efforts, Letarian is insolvent. That's what a top official said. Pictured here is the president of the university. So let's get this straight. There's a university that is now insolvent. Insolvent. Understand the university didn't have enough money to make its payroll obligations. Okay, so here's some other things that they said. After experiencing financial difficulties over a period of years, the university has filed for creditor protection. That happened in February. The university subsequently announced the closure of 69 undergraduate and graduate programs, as well as terminating 194 full-time workers, including 116 full-time faculty positions, 41 unionized staffed positions, and 37 non-unionized staff positions. It also marked the first time in Canadian history that a public university sought recourse under what's called the Companies Creditors Arrangement Act. So let's talk about that for just one minute. The Companies Creditors Arrangement Act is a statute that allows insolvent corporations owing their creditors more than $5 million the ability to restructure their business and financial affairs. Okay, so let's just recap for just one moment again. This university has received money from the government. The university is now insolvent, meaning they have run out of money. The Standing Committee on Public Accounts passed a motion asking the Auditor General to conduct an audit of the operations from 2010 to 2020. There's certain information that the university does not want to hand over to the Auditor General. I don't know about you all, but this sounds really weird. You've received money from the government. You are now insolvent. The government would like to know what happened to that money. Does that seem fair to you guys? I think that seems fair. Now, in the middle of this, the university is saying that there's some information they don't want to hand over because they deem it to be privileged. Here's what I will tell you guys. This is not abnormal. Organizations can try and hide certain information under the guise of attorney-client privilege. All you have to do is have a conversation with your attorney, and now it's attorney-client privilege. Now, I just oversimplified that, but in simplistic terms, that is what they do. Now, as auditors, you should have free and unfettered access to all organization records. Like I said a few minutes ago, unless there's a new definition to free and unfettered, that means free and unfettered. So I'm going to pause right here for just one moment. <clears throat> Actually, let me go on for just a minute. So let's get this straight. All the government wants to know is what happened to the money that you used. And instead of opening up its books, the university is refusing. And they're making the Auditor General go to court in order to get access to the documentation that they need in order to complete the audit engagement. Is anyone else uncomfortable about this? Now, Beverly Jane says that it's the same for the UK. Yeah, I think it's the same everywhere. 
It's not right. Again, taxpayers have funded this university's operations and now they're insolvent and there's certain documents they don't want to hand over. Well, how about this? How about you just pull all the funding from that organization then? How about that? So let's talk about higher education for a minute. Higher education should be run like a business, but oftentimes if you use the B word in that industry, people will say we're not a business. I spent 15 years in higher education as a chief auditor. So they are a business, though. Think about this story. This university had programs that are now closed. Now, I imagine if you were actually looking at the financials behind your programs to begin with, you knew that they weren't bringing in money, but you kept them open. Why? I don't know. You decided to close them because now you're insolvent. So anyway, the public is just trying to understand what happened to that money. And there's certain documentation that they don't want to hand over. Here's what I will say. What this is showing is that there must be some sort of risk management failure. Here's what I mean by that. What do you think is in those documents that they don't want to get out to the public? It's either one of two things, right? Either they had some sort of monitoring mechanisms that were in place and it showed them that the university was about to be insolvent and they didn't do anything fast enough to solve the problem, which means a risk management failure, or they didn't have any monitoring in place and really them becoming insolvent was kind of a surprise to them, which shows bad management. But at the end of the day, the government is simply asking, open up the books. Let us take a look. That seems reasonable. Here's the deal. Everyone makes mistakes. Obviously, if the university is insolvent, that means that there was some bad management that happened. It happens to all companies. Again, everyone make mis makes mistakes. But the fact that they won't open up the books is, well, kind of interesting. Again, here's a point in time when a management team should take ownership. Look, We've been running this university. We're now insolvent. We made a mistake. Please forgive us and allow us to move forward or, you know, fire us, whatever. But there's a lack of ownership here. All right. So now, what does this tell us? What lessons should we glean from this as internal auditors? That's where we're going to go next. But before we go there, let me talk to you guys about, well, the Awesome Auditors Club. Here's what we're doing. Because I am an audit trainer, I see a failure in a way in the way that a lot of the training happens today. All right. A lot of times we sit on one way webinars where we don't have inter any interaction. That's pretty bad. Oftentimes people have critical questions that they want answered, but they don't really get them answered because you have to sit through rote training seminars. That's not what we're doing here. What we're doing here is creating a community, a community where we want to cultivate learning and sharing between auditors, but not in not in the traditional way through clubhouse rooms, Zoom calls, interviews with experts. So go to awesomeauditors.club, drop me your email address, and we'll be in touch. So now back to our story here. Beverly Jane, I'm loving the interaction from you today. Beverly Jane says, lack of management and transparency. Yep. That's what that shows me. It's a lack of management and transparency. And that should send red flags waving to anyone. The fact that you had to go to court in order to get them. And see, this case is still in, in court. So there, there's no resolution to it yet. But the fact that you had to go to court 
just to get access to the information in order to actually do the audit, but yet we already know that the organization is insolvent? That makes absolutely no sense. I don't care who thinks opposite of this. This is my opinion, and that's just what it is. So let's talk about what that actually means for auditors and audit professionals. I got I got about four points here. First thing you want to do when they deny auditors access is check your charter. Your charter is extremely, extremely important. Your audit charter spells out in writing what you have the authority to do. Although you shouldn't need a document to tell you to do the right thing. But I digress. Check your charter. If your audit charter tells you that you have free and unfettered access, then by golly, that's what you have. Free and unfettered access. My friend Pozo is here. Pozo, what's going on? Pozo says, poor governance and systems. Exactly. You should have known that you were running out of cash. What happened in that February 2021 announcement was they said, we don't have enough money to make payroll. Like what? <laughs> anyway, whatever. Um, but yeah, the first thing you want to do is check your charter and find out if your charter gives you free and unfettered access. And if you've written your charter in accordance with auditing standards, it should say that you have free and unfettered access to information and personnel within the organization. But the second thing that I want you to do is acknowledge that restricted access hinders you from doing your job. Look, here's what happens. Most of us as auditors are afraid to acknowledge the issue. So we work in departments where our projects are falling behind schedule because we're struggling to get information from our audit clients. And instead of placing the blame where it belongs, and that's on the clients for being cantankerous with us, we shoulder the responsibility of someone else obstructing us from doing our jobs. It's time to call that nonsense out. Here's what I mean. You need to go to audit leadership and say directly to them, I cannot complete the task because, insert the name of the client here, will not provide me with, insert whatever it is that they are not providing you with. Oftentimes we sit there and we make up excuses. Well, the project is running over budget and I just need a little bit more time. When in the back of your mind, what's really happening is the client won't give you the documentation. You need to be able to communicate that to the management team that you work for in your audit department. So here's what I'll say, directors and CAEs that are listening to me right now, you need to support your people when they say that they are being obstructed by not getting the documentation that they need to support their work. All right, I've actually, and, and one of the reasons I'm bringing this up is because I've heard this from a lot of auditors. I hear them say that they get pushback from clients, then they also get pushback from their managers. Well, what can they do if they have the responsibility for completing audit engagements, but not the authority to force anyone to give them the documents that they need? Again, they have the responsibility, but not the authority. That leaves them frustrated. So again, audit directors, CAEs, if you're listening right now, if your people are struggling to get documentation, you need to figure out what the issue is. And most likely the issue is not the auditors that work for you. So... When access to information and personnel is obstructed, what auditors should do is first check the charter and see what you have the authority to do. Second, know that this hinders your ability to do the job. Third, determine if you really need the information. 
just because you have the authority to see the information does not mean you actually need it right now. Now, I do realize that this puts us in a sticky situation because sometimes you don't know what you need until you actually see it. Sometimes you don't know what a piece of documentation might tell you. But I'll tell you, sometimes people actually abuse that privilege. I'll give you a good example. When I was in college, I actually worked as a bank teller. And I remember sometimes people would simply look up celebrity account balances just because they could, just because they could. That's not right either. So it's not right to abuse the privilege of having free and unfettered access to information, but it's also not right for clients to block your access to the information that you need to do your job. But in the end, you, not the client, is the ultimate judge of what you need. All right. So again, when they deny you access to information and personnel, first, check your charter. Second, know that this hinders your ability to do your job. Stop covering up for clients. And in audit departments, stop giving people the responsibility to, to, to complete projects without giving them the authority to get the documentation that they need. Third, determine if you really need the information. Do you really need it? Fourth thing I want you to do is check the culture within your organization. So let's be honest. In this case that we are talking about here, there's definitely something wrong in the culture. So hear me out. A lot of times auditors don't want to touch culture, but think about this. We already know something is wrong. How do we know that? Because the university is insolvent. They don't have any cash. So that in and of itself indicates some poor management. I do realize we just went through a pandemic, but when you're going through a situation, what do you do? You adjust. So somehow there was an improper adjustment. So we already know that the management team failed. I'm not judging them. They literally failed. They are insolvent. So they failed. So this is not in question. So now the government simply wants to know the cause of the failure and the extent of the failure by looking at some documentation. So as a management team, why would you not cooperate? Why would you not cooperate? I imagine that the management team was actually trying to fix the problem without causing concern. Believe me, I don't think this was malicious at all. But you failed. So now you accepted money from the government. And the government wants to know the cause and the extent of the failure of the organization. And somehow you're denying access to information and or personnel that the auditors want and or need to complete that assessment. That shows a lack of accountability and it tells you that there's something wrong with the culture. I'm sure my friend Joe Irvin will be proud to hear me talk about culture. So when they deny auditors access to information and or personnel, first check your audit charter, make sure you have the authority to have unfettered access to information and personnel. Second, acknowledge that this actually hinders you from doing your job. Stop hiding, stop taking up, for, you know, clients who won't give you information. Third thing is determine if you really need the information. Fourth thing, check the culture in the organization because something is wrong if they won't give you access to information and or personnel. Fifth thing I want you to do is communicate your concern. Now, this one applies to both audit staff and CAEs and audit directors. CAEs need to call this crap out. Documented in audit reports, in audit committee meeting minutes, and wherever else you need to. Here's why I say this, because see, here's what we normally do. 
We prolong audit projects. We plead with clients. We give them multiple chances. I say, screw that. The best way to kill this nonsense is to expose it. If you're working on a project for so long and you can't get the information, release the report and say we could not complete the audit because the client wouldn't give us the information that we needed. Stop concealing other people's crap because eventually it's going to roll downhill on you. All right. So today what we were talking about is when they deny auditors access. It happens more than people are readily open to admitting to. We talked about a, a case in Canada at a university where the university is insolvent, meaning they are out of cash. Now, the government in Canada has asked to see certain documentation so that they can review what happened. The university has denied access to some of the documentation saying that it is covered under attorney-client privilege. When they deny auditors access, five things, check your charter, know that this hinders you from doing your job, determine if you really need the information, check the culture in the organization because something really is wrong. It really smells, you know, then communicate your concern. Those are the five tips that I have when you are restricted access to information in an organization. My name is Robert Berry. You are listening to Audit Bites, the first and only live show to talk about auditing. Again, we are available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on Google, Stitcher, anywhere you want to listen to this. If you like this, pass it along to some of your friends. If you want to join an awesome community full of auditors, send me your email. Go to awesomeauditors.club. Again, awesomeauditors.club. Again, I'm Robert Berry. This is Audit Bites. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Audit Bites. If you want to do more, see more, be more, check out our website at auditguide.com where you will find quality training, audit merch. Yes, we have hats, shirts, and other apparel, as well as past copies of this podcast and the Friday Frosta podcast, www.thatauditguide.com. Thanks for joining us.